Welcome to this week's episode of the Versatile Writer. I have a guest with me this week, Hannah from Pages, Places and Plates. So the books you're reviewing this week are Joseph Cannon's Once Upon an Island and yep. fast becoming a regular author on the Versatile Writer <laughs> is Anton Einer's uh, Humankind, is that right? Yes, that's the one, yeah. Excellent stuff. Okay, let's look at um, Once Upon an Island by Joseph Canning first. So first of all, what's it about? So um, it's a really interesting book. So Joseph Canning is an author who used to live in Essex. Um, so he's a local author, and um, he set this book in a fic- on a fictional island called Norsey Island, um, which is based on Oceanside Island in Essex. Um, so anyone who lives that way will probably recognise quite a um, quite a similarity um, between the two. It's historical fiction. It's set in I think it starts in 1947. Um, and we follow um, a young boy, Joe, and he's 16, and he's living on the Almosey Island, which is quite a treacherous, uh, miserable place to live um, in that time. Um, and he kind of witnesses lots of different things going on. So his stepbrother comes back home from the war, uh, where he went, and then he just disappeared for 19 years. And, and so he comes back, and that causes a bit of a family rift. Um, and then there's lots of other things going on with the family, with the neighbours, and Joe kind of witnesses all of it, and it's a bit, it's almost a bit of a coming of age story, um, because he matures throughout the book as he's witnessing all of these things, and and there's things that he doesn't necessarily understand as a 16 year old, so that that adds a really interesting perspective to it. Um, but yeah, it, it's basically, um, I think it spans over a year or around that that sort of amount of time, um, and we we just see everything that happens on the island through Joe's eyes. What drew you to it? Um, well, first of all, that it was Essex, local Essex book, um, and also that it was a historical fiction book that um, the author describes to um, not romanticise like a lot of historical fiction books are. Um, and I prefer books to be gritty and real, and if they are bleak and terrible, then show it, you know? Um, so this book is like the least romanticised book ever. Um, he really does tell it as it is. There's no sugarcoating whatsoever. And I, I just love that. Um, yeah, when it, it has a very big focus on the farming aspect of things because it's a farming island and the bleak winter of the island, um, which, you know, certain areas of Essex are during the winter. Even where I live um, in the winter, it's just bleak, isn't it? I've read that it's not a particularly PC book for modern readers how do you think it will fare well i see for me personally i um because that was something that the author mentioned to me um and i think that that's quite a good thing because again when you start if you i think if you write historical fiction but you apply a modern lens to it then again it fluffs it up doesn't it it makes it it takes away from the realism so i quite enjoyed that aspect i mean some of it's very blunt and forced um, Joe, as a 16-year-old, he, I mean, he, he had some observations, especially about women, that like made me cringe. Um, but there's things like you definitely wouldn't say in the modern day, and um, I probably slapped someone because they said something like that to me. But in that time and his age and his inexperience with women, it makes sense, um, and it really, like, he, he would talk like that, so that that's fine. And um, but yeah, it's it's definitely. Some of it's a bit shocking, I think, um, but I think that's good because he wouldn't have spoken like we do now because that wouldn't make sense. It was 1947, so I'm kind of I'm glad that the author actually left that sort of stuff in. Um, but I think it's good, obviously, to 
go into the book remembering this is written in this time. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't necessarily how the, this isn't how the author is in the modern day or whatever. Um, it's definitely a 1947. It's an interesting um, top, uh, topic to talk about actually because you could yeah. probably create a show about that part of the book alone to be honest. Yeah. There's so many books um, and films that we watch or read now and we think there's, I mean, for instance, this is probably going to get me shot, but um, like the Carry On films, they're in the 70s and some of those you think, oh, that is so cringeworthy, just just don't say yeah. that um, or, you know, don't think it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's another era and... Thankfully, yeah. things have progressed. Um, I think it's all about context. It, and I, I don't yes, think, context. I don't think you should admit, like, obviously you shouldn't bring it into the present day, because uh, that would be bad. Um, and I'm I'm usually very much kind of, like, making sure not to offend people when I'm quite focused on that. But I think when it is something from the past, um, you, you've you got that context there, but also you lose, you lose part of history if you take that away. And I think it's important to recognise how we were um, as humans and then you can kind of see how we've developed through it as well. So I think it's good to keep it in. Would you say at its heart it's a love story or something else? Um, I think at its heart it's a coming of age. Um, there, is, there are a couple of love stories in there. there are a few, actually, there's a few. Um, it's, 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 it's really interesting. So the thing that I really liked about it is Although it's filled with subplots, it doesn't really have a main plot, um, which is unusual, um, especially for historical fiction, I think. Usually there's quite a, there's a goal, usually. Um, and there's no goal in the book. Um, ra- rather, it's just kind of um, like a fly on the wall sort of thing with Joe observing all these things. And I think it would make a great TV series because of all the um, dramas and subplots going on with the different characters. It, it definitely kind of reads like that. It's kind of difficult to define it because it doesn't really define itself. It just it just is, um, and you you just go through and you witness all these different things happening on the island, and something will happen, and then you leave it, and then something comes back again, um, and it's it's yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't it's not linear. Um, okay. It's linear in time, but it's not linear in plot stuff. Makes sense. Do you know if it's um. Trade published or self published? Exposure publishing, I've got in my notes. Okay. Uh, publisher. So, yeah, but um, I, I quite liked how he'd um, actually not done it as an obvious kind of end point because then you don't know where the story is going and it's, it's the least predictable book I've ever read because you have no idea what's going to happen because Joe's not aiming towards anything, he's just observing and it's growing up, you know? And um, so there's loads, there's so many things trying to do it and there's so many twists and turns and constantly like, what? I didn't think that was going to happen. And so I thought that was really good. Gosh, okay. Well, bearing in mind, you've, you've sort of said it's not particularly PC for a modern audience and that, you know, it's, it's many things, not specifically one. Would you be cautious to recommend it? In fact, would you recommend it? to some people yeah i mean i've already recommended it to people um that i think might enjoy it but um yeah i think there's there probably is a group of people that wouldn't get on with it quite so well because I, I know obviously some people really need that end point that kind of solid plot when they read a book whereas i'm very much like i, I like literary stuff and things that are a bit bizarre i mean hence why we've got this book and <laughs> um so yeah i think 
I wouldn't recommend it to people that like a really structured, fluffed song. Um, and I wouldn't recommend it to people that struggle to um, maybe separate contextual non-Houstonian from modern day. If people struggle with that, I'd say you, you might find that quite difficult. Um, but it's not, it's not like overly novelty, but there are like little bits that mm-hmm. you think, oh, let's be don't say that now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, I think it, ha- it definitely has like a target audience, um, which would be, yeah, I think for people that kind of want to read an experience and be fully immersed in it, um, but not necessarily be racing towards goal, you're just kind of living it. Okay. Um, yeah, you're just kind of, you're kind of just put in the, the zone you just experience it through joy which i think is great is it written in first person or third first first okay yeah yeah would you read more from this author oh yeah i would yeah that's good to know yeah yeah definitely i, I think it's another of the james essays i just love yes because um, i thought um Northy island reminded me quite a bit of mersey as well actually i'm thinking of when i've gone to mersey in the depths of winter um, and you can see me regretted it. Um, oh. And well, any time I go outside where I live, it's like, yeah. I want to go back in. And it reminded me a lot of that. And um, I actually found the farming side of things really interesting. That's not something I thought I would have found interesting. Um, but there's a lot of, dis- so the book's very descriptive, and there's a lot of description about how the farming works. So Jay's kind of a millennial, you take it all over from his dad. Um, and so it gets quite technical at points, but I found that really interesting. Because um, it just it really takes you back to that time, and it's so like not modern. Um, you know, it's not like automated, and there's not you know, it's all kind of very hands-on stuff that he's doing, and you just really feel like I, I really wanted to go and farm while I was reading. It. I was just like, <laughs> on yeah, it, it's just so immersive. Um, yeah. So yeah, I definitely recommend it to people that just want a full experience. I'm like really looking forward to seeing some more of it, really, and seeing what else he's. I know you said that it was um, a fictional place, it was Norsey Island, but there is a yeah. Norsey Woods, isn't there? Oh, is there? Yeah, so I'm wondering yeah. if he's taken that name oh, and, and yeah, placed maybe, it with, yeah. like, maybe O.C. Exactly. Island or, or Mercy Island. Curtis did say to me that he's based a lot of the characters on um, kind of people that he'd come across in his own life growing up, and I think that's why they're so well developed as well, and the environment, because he's really taken things from his own experiences. Um, and everything's just developed so well. Lovely. Um, yeah. The the last question I was going to ask you about this is a two parter. Um, okay. Because <laughs> I can never do things in one go. Um, <laughs> what are its best and worst bits? Okay, best bits um character development and immersiveness. So as I just said, the characters are just like so real. Um, I love them. Um, I especially like Joe's mother, who's like a really intolerable um intolerable kind of character she's really like bitter and seething at points um but she's great she's just so alive um and she's not someone you'd want as your own mother really and <laughs> um, but she's just fantastic like he she always has something to say about the neighbors um and what they're doing and it's usually negative and then um, she's she's constantly on joe's back and it's just like yeah she's she's a great character um so i think the character development was really good um, and the immersiveness as well, the descriptiveness and just being taken into it. Um, the, I, what was the comment I've got to ask about it? I, well, I always find this question so hard. <laughs> um, I'd say, I mean, I think 
just some of the like I didn't like some of the things that Joe said, but obviously they were there for a reason. But he did make me cringe a lot and things I won't repeat on here. But Good, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But the things he said you like, oh, you know, they just make you feel a bit like queasy slightly. Um but there wasn't really anything I didn't like about it. It was it was just such an interesting read. It's um I, I think though, like we were saying, I think that other people wouldn't like is they might struggle with the drama. But um for me I loved that. I thought that was great. So maybe the things that you didn't like were more discomfort rather than dislike. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, I mean l- looking at it from kind of all aspects and I wasn't a massive fan of the cover. Um that was something I felt like the um the cover just didn't sell it. Um I I wanted I would like to see a more illustrated cover with like the bleakness of the island because actually when you look at the cover it makes it look like quite a nice sunny day yeah and I felt that didn't represent the island I want some you know like sometimes you get those historical pictures of those beautiful illustrated pieces that look like um etchings yeah or even farming or something yeah and like I think you could have like the fields and the the mudflats in the background and it could be like lovely kind of greys and blacks Kind. Now, yeah. as, you, as I said earlier, Anton is an author um, not only you've read before, but he's been reviewed on The Best Tell Writer before several yeah. times. <laughs> um, we'll get into Humankind in a moment, but first, what do you think it is about Anton's books that keeps you just coming back for more? They're just so bizarre. <laughs> like, I just know if I'm reading an Anton Reiner book, it's going to be completely different from anything else I've read. And it's not going to follow any structure. It's going to completely break down any walls and any barriers in front of it. Um, and it's, I think, I, every time I read an Alton Minor book, I come away just being like, oh, he's so clever. <laughs> he just views the world in a really fascinating way. And I love being able to see glimpses of that. And I think that's why I love them so much. They, they provide a really nice break from other styles of reading they, they give you something completely different um, which I like, they mix it up You've got such a positive outlook on different types of writing, I, I really admire that with, with you Yeah, I, I'm all for people who are like breaking down walls and stuff and you know trying out different things, I think it's great I, I, I mean even in film and I always like the experimental stuff, I go for the art house things and yeah I, I, I love mainstream stuff as well and um, but to see people try things their own way and and um, test waters and things I love that and um, I think it's really creative. Do you think though that often we can only do that if we self-publish our books? I think it's a lot easier I think I mean there have been some books that have been incredibly different that have been published um traditionally but I think it's a lot harder to get to that and um, whereas I think if you self-publish it's a, it's a lot easier to get your book out there I think I think maybe publishers add a, quite a few constraints and things and um, there's boxes isn't there yeah. and 
rules to adhere to and you you can leave all that behind with self-publishing which um is nice i think i think it's such a good opportunity for authors that are doing things for um but i think it's a shame as well that maybe traditional publishers aren't as open as they could be um i'd like to see them taking on more experimental stuff as well mm-hmm. um because then obviously the opportunities um increase i think perhaps also in anton's case he's got so many books out now and if there's yeah. other people like yourself talking about it or reading his works talking about it blogging about it um and telling others then his 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 audience is going to get huge isn't it and yeah. that is the one of the big reasons that um trade publishers do jump on indies is that they've got this ready-made audience they haven't got to work too hard in creating this target audience yeah, because definitely. the author's already done it yeah so yeah you're doing him a great service so i'm sure he's uh, have you actually spoken to him at all um i spoke to him a couple of months ago i think I totally get that though because when yeah. when I tried to get back into reading again after uni it was so difficult I'd like forgotten how to enjoy yeah. a book and now I've learned yeah. again I just can't leave them alone no, which is wonderful I, like, I take a week off work and then I come back and I'm like what's my job <laughs> what do I do <laughs> so, who am I <laughs> yeah it's pretty much um so what is humankind about so humankind is actually a collection of um so there's flash fiction there's short stories and there's a novella as well um at the end um they all follow um the theme of the books I've kind of written uh, written about so far with his work so they're all kind of sci-fi fantasy um and they're all really the, the, the themes in all of these stories i'd say is exploring humanity kind of what it is um looking at us through different lenses um, and perceiving things about us that maybe we don't think about and asking kind of big philosophical questions as well um which i think um, anyone who's read my previous reviews of um anton's work will have seen quite obviously there's um three that i've done already i've done the cleansing and post molecular consciousness and plus 10 and all of those feature in this book um so yeah they're, they're all kind of just exploring humanity in one way or another and each one has a sci-fi aspect to it and sometimes it's a really obvious sci-fi aspect like it's set in space um, and sometimes it's you don't even realize the sci-fi aspect until the end um, so some of them you're really thinking oh that's a bit much this genre and then bam twist <laughs> <laughs> and you're like oh okay i get it now um yeah okay. they're, they're all kind of pieces in the, on their own and they're all standalone pieces which they come together quite nicely is this his fourth book then what that i've reviewed yes it's his fourth one that i've reviewed yeah is he has he written many more yeah yeah he's done some series as well um so like full full length things he's working on so um i think all of the short stories come into this one that he's done but there's quite a lot i can't remember how many those in total but there's quite a lot in there so you're going to be kept occupied for a while then yeah (laughs) excellent (laughs) That's yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some more stuff. I'm interested to read the um, full length things as well because um, 
I, I, that was really interesting in this one, reading the novella by him, because typically he does very short uh, pieces, um, and he's excellent in that, but then he's also really good at longer stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. Which of these stories spoke to you, of all of them, and, and why? So, there's one that I absolutely love called Failure, and I can't tell you anything about it because I won't, <laughs> but I love that one. Um, it just reads itself, it's just brilliant. And then there were a couple of, so there were two in particular. There's one called The Plumber, and there was one called Tetrapore. And I love both of those because they were just classic, antimina, take something, make the reader think they're experiencing something, and then just suddenly flip it on its head and just throw everything off kilter. And I just loved that. Um, and I thought, one of the things I thought, so I thought reading them, I thought I'd get used to his writing style and I'd start to. Uh, be able to predict what was going to happen because I'm quite good at those thrillers. I read a couple and then suddenly I just they're really obvious, you know. And people follow a format, don't they? And whereas I I didn't find that with these, there were a couple that made it be a little bit more predictable. Um, but still, I just completely got like I don't know. You'd be reading them and you just think, right, I know what's going to happen, and then something completely different, something completely left field, and then, and it's really good as well because. Usually, so he usually does a massive twist at the end that completely reframes the whole story for you, and then you want to go back and read it again. Yes. With that. Yeah. Often I actually read twice, um, just because I'd read it, I'd be like, oh wow, now everything makes sense. Yeah. And then you go back and you read it, you're like, oh, and you see, you see all the hints yeah. and that would lead up to that, but that you'd missed. And even when you're looking for it, you still don't. Oh. Well, you saying that actually, that that kind of formula. Um, when mm. people do that, you don't see any of it, and then you find out, and then you go back. Yeah. I do that with books and films as well because yeah, I I, I need for my own self, I suppose, I need to know how the structure was worked that way, and then I can see it happening. And I think I do that so that I can learn how to do that myself. So yeah, I sort of take something from it. It's like you know the film Inception. I've yes. watched it like nine times yes. now. <laughs> pick up something new I yeah. love that like really layered um, yeah. and it's amazing I think it's really great that he manages to write such a short thing but make it so complex and layered I think that's a real skill um, I do wonder anyway. I do wonder though there's going to be people that read books and watch films that just watch it for the entertainment and read it for the entertainment yeah. and they won't analyse it and I do feel sometimes yeah. like the author or the filmmaker they've created this amazing thing and 90% of people are just going to watch it, move away and carry on with life, you know? They're not going to yeah. really think about what the the author or the filmmaker was putting no. into it. And it's a little bit, it's like they didn't and appreciate it. Like, shouting at them, like, look at this thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's talking about these layers, yeah. the layers yeah. of it. Um, yeah, sometimes you've, you've got to read or watch things two or three times and you think, wow. And then you hear somebody else's um, perspective of it and you think, well, I... I never picked up on that. Let's let's have yeah. another look. And there it is. And you think, wow, why didn't I see that? No, oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a really good thing, I think, to have in entertainment. I think that's, it, it really emphasises the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the I was looking at the reviews of this particular book and um, The Confession of a Fallen Angel and Cosmic Archaeology and um, Role-Playing Games on a Planetary scale 
they're the ones that got my attention. Actually. Um, but I tend to love history, spiritualism and, and sci-fi anyway. Which of the stories grabbed your attention most? Well, the ones I've mentioned already. Yeah. And Confessions of a Fallen Angel was really good. That's actually. such a good title, isn't it? Yeah, they all have great titles. Like post-molecular comfort food. Yeah. That's a great title. I love that. Um, and obviously the cleansing, the first one I did. I, I love reading that again. That's just so good. Um, I think um, they, they, I enjoyed all of them. So I'd say all of them were at least good. But like the ones that I've mentioned were like excellent. Right. Like there was there was a real range of different stories, but I did like everything. And I thought the novella was really good as well. And um, that was a really interesting setting. Um, so it's a, it's kind of about what would happen if suddenly everything, everyone disappeared. And um, I mean, I know it's something that's been kind of looked at from different authors. I know there's a Stephen King um, book that I've been recently reading a film, uh, watching a film adaptation about, and that has a similar sort of thing. Everyone disappears except a small group of people. Um, which you probably, you read Stephen King, don't you? I do. I, if I but, dare say this, I watch Stephen King a little more than I read Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a complicated word that I can never remember, but um, yeah, it's that sort of thing. Um, so that was really interesting, and I felt like actually that environment could be explored more. Um, it, it worked really well as a novella, and it needed to be a novella because there was so much in it. Um, but yeah, I think you could do more with that as well. Um, I'd like to go back into that world. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> so some of these, yeah. um, like the sci-fi things, you think, oh, I'd love to live yeah. there. Do you think Anton excels in a particular genre and subgenre? I mean, all of these are sci-fi, but they've they're each got yeah. a subgenre as well, haven't they? I think the philosophical side of things. Yeah. I think he's really yeah the ones that are really philosophical. I think he's really good at. Okay. Um, we we said earlier about how many books that he's already published and how many you've got to catch up on. Are you going to cherry pick, or are you just gonna? take them all and just you know have a great a great month <laughs> yeah i'll probably just read all of them <laughs> um because I, I do just really love his writing i'm really glad i came across his stuff and um, yeah so i'll just pick all up one thing i wanted to say actually i forgot to mention and um, that something else that's really clever about these short stories so um if people probably remember when i read the cleansing it was done entirely in dialogue wasn't it yes so it was really unusual so there's a couple of others like that. And um, so there was, um, where was it? There was one book in particular that was all done in chat messages. Okay. And that was really interesting. And there was another story that was all done as an email thread. And that was really clever as well. And um, so the, I don't know if that's a, that's not really a subgenre, is it? But that's something that um, he does really well. I would imagine it's a, a writing technique, perhaps. Yeah, it's like a device, isn't yes. it? Yeah, but that's something he's really good at. Um, format like writing books in a completely different structure um that you wouldn't expect so like, i know sometimes you get like people writing in diary entries don't you that's yes. kind of a more typical uh writing one that isn't standard but yeah i, th I thought that was clever and um, the email thread one's great it's, and it's weird how you can still illustrate a story so well in an email thread which obviously has so many restrictions yeah you can't describe it anything can you you can't um set the scene um in the same way so yeah that, that that's definitely something I, th I think i would find that quite difficult i like that he's he's using so many different experimental techniques that are yeah 
some are less known than others, and I like that. Um, yeah. And I, what I, what I do like is reading an author that has tried experimental stuff, and it's succeeded. And the ones, mm. various novels in the past that I've read that are um, experimental, but it's they've missed something. But because it's experimental, yeah. it's been allowed through. I mean, obviously, it's me. I just didn't get it. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's you know there's going to be like millions of people that did get it and did enjoy it but for me I'm thinking I've I've kind of missed the point I don't know what what why they've even done it just because it's experimental I feel like it's got to have it's got to tick the boxes of being entertaining and you know telling you a story as well not just I'm doing it just for experimental sake yeah and uh yeah Anton kind of does it so he'll write like in an email thread or a chat message or something because it deliberately omits the context that you need to understand what's going on and so that way you only find out at the end right and then it's it's kind of used for that i think so um like the email one um if it had been like set written as a normal style then it wouldn't have had that impact at the end because you would have un you you would have had to have known what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. But in an email, because it, it's, I guess because it's so restrictive, um, you can't possibly know. And like the um, the dialogue one as well, um, the cleansing, right? that, that would just not have been the same if any descriptive writing had been put in it. So it, it kind of, it does it a real favour there. He's, he's really using the techniques in the right way. And he's not just doing it because he can. No, no, like, no. Um, yeah, he... Um, he actually creates something better by doing it. Um, did you feel any of the stories ended too soon or could carry on a bit more? Usually they're the right, because of the way they have that twist at the end, they usually turn out right. But then I always do feel like, oh, I want to I wanna know more about this now. Um, because he does create such great worlds. Um, like the plumber one, that was just fascinating, and I can't say what it is. <laughs> I just can't tell you anything. But it was just the most bizarre concept. I don't even know how he came up or what inspired that. But it's just really unusual. And I just thought after though after I read that, I was just thinking, I wanna I wanna see a whole world like this. Like this is really cool. I wanna see this. I want to see a world where this concept is implemented across everything because it's just fascinating and it's really hard to talk about it here without <laughs> giving it away. So I need everyone to read it and then they can get back to me and we can discuss it. And um, yeah, it's a good book club for a little, something a little bit different. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that sort of one, like it was perfect for the story, perfect length, but still want to go back in there and want to know more. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, right, that's all my questions. I think the theme, well, the theme I've picked up on is the the human condition. But I don't know what you yeah. thought of with with yeah, the two books. Yeah, and uh, going against the grain, I guess. Um, yeah, doing something a bit different. It's a bit of a wordy theme. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit actually. <laughs> Flash fiction of all, all of its own. Um, thanks for coming back on uh, the versatile writer. Right. Did you want to mention briefly your website so that people know how to get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah. So um, there are some changes being made at the moment, um, which I haven't quite worked out. So, but you can still get in contact with me, so that's all fine. Um, so uh, best way is to email me. So um, I'm Hannah at pagesplacesandplates.com. And um, if you 
are looking for me to review something. I'm currently suspending reviews, but I will be going back to them. So and just drop me an email and I'll get back to you once yeah. I've got my senior schedule worked out and everything. And do you check out my reviews policy on my website first? And um, just to make sure, because there are a couple of genres I don't review because I'm not going to pay to. Um, and there are some other things as well. And um, so always make sure you have a look through your website before you just say yes to it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and also you can get me on Twitter. My handle is uh, pageplaceplates. I'm on Instagram, and that's pages.places.plates. And I'm on Facebook as well, which is pages.places.plates. Excellent. As I say, thanks so much for coming on here again, and um, hopefully in a in a couple of months we'll get back in touch and do another one. Yes, definitely. We've got to move it.